about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? And there's those big grains falling, but I miss you. I miss you a lot. End of day. The freedom of speech is being taken away. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity, live and direct right now. On the TuneIn Radio app, search End of Days or go to michaeldeacon.com. If you care to interact with me or other listeners, yeah, this is a call-in show. Please don't forget. Call in whenever your little hearts desire. That number is 760-332-8724 or 760-332-8920. My guest today is J.G. Voss. Her history with the paranormal realm began in the Bronx during her early childhood. In the last decade, she began capturing paranormal activity in photos within her home at various locations, and these locations are referred to as the four points of contact in the nonfiction book Paranormal. Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again, not on a night like this. Good afternoon, boys and girls. Feels good to be back. I missed all of you. Let's get right down to it. I believe our guest is patiently waiting. Are you alive? Hi, oh, there you are. Can, can you <laughs> yes, hear? I am can, alive. <laughs> can you hear me when I have you muted? By the way, I'm just curious. I don't know when you're muting me. Oh, you don't. Okay, so... good. You you don't hear me saying horrible things then. Well, no, I'd rather not have to hear anything <laughs> that's horrible, but uh, hopefully you're not saying horrible things. But, um, no, I, I I can't tell when you're muting me. Okay, good. We were just talking badly about you. That's why. Oh. I'm, I'm kidding. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never. But, yes, how are you, by the way? Welcome to the program, and I, I thank you very much for, for being here and sharing your time with us. Well, thank you. I appreciate um, your offering me this opportunity to speak with you, Michael. Yeah. How, how have you been, by the way? I've been very well, thank you. Um, and how have you been? Good. Are you excited for Halloween? Um, well, I it's okay. Halloween really. Um, oh no, you really don't. 
do that much for me. Oh, you don't like Halloween now? Nah, it's okay. It's fun to watch people dress up, but I'm not really into Halloween myself, personally. Oh, no. It's my favorite time of the year. Oh, really? What are you planning on dressing up this year as? You know, that's a good question. I'm not even quite sure, but I would love to dress up as something, but no um, real ideas. Oh, okay. (laughs) What were you last year? (laughs) I think I was some sort of astronaut. Oh, that's cool. Great. Yeah, it was it was that's, fun. Yeah, Halloween it can be fun. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's not a good time for you. Why exactly don't you like Halloween, JG? Uh, well, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't celebrate it myself. That's all. I mean, I it's just uh, religious something purposes? I don't participate in. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I just don't feel uh it's something that i participate in that's all i'm happy other people enjoy it i hear you like yourself right right (laughs) so let's go back let's go back in time let's go down memory lane the proverbial memory lane here and i understand that you've had numerous experiences very astonishing ones and one very early on in life can we can we go through that yeah that's that's terrible well uh I, are you referring to when when I was an infant? Right. And, right. Okay. Um, yeah. I, when I was an infant, I was rushed to the hospital uh, because I had stopped breathing and I had been pronounced dead. And so uh, the doctor came out and told my father that I was dead. And then the uh, nurse came out and said that I had started to breathe again. So that's when I feel that possibly I had to start to have a connection with the uh, spiritual realm because I died. That's how old were you when someone like sat you down and told you that? Well, your parents told you, I imagine. Um, uh, I don't know. Really. Uh, I don't really remember exactly when they told me that, you know, I had died as an infant, but they had told me later on in life that that had happened. Yeah. I would imagine that they would have had to have told you about that. That's a quite a mm-hmm. traumatic experience, both for you and your parents. My God. Right. Yeah, it was. So, um, yeah, that, have, have you ever had any kind of experience like that where somebody unexpectedly died and came back or anybody you knew? Unfortunately, I haven't had to go through that. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And it's quite traumatic. Yeah. yeah. Right. I agree. But I've, I've had my own experiences and, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that, but. Um, right now the focus is on you. I, I mean, I have to turn this back on you for a moment here. Okay. Before we, we I just like jump. to hear other people's too when they have an experience, but. Oh, I'm going to yeah. tell you. Don't worry. Great. Uh, yeah. I'll, I, it's just, I've talked to death about that sort of thing. And you know, JG, I, I'm glad you asked because, you know, I'm sure you saw my, my tweet earlier where I said that I felt so pretentious talking about this sort of thing. Uh, because, mm-hmm. uh, well, the, that's the, I guess that's the agnostic atheist in me, even though I've had all these experiences, I'm still so quite skeptical about it. And it just, I look at it from mm-hmm. an outside perspective and I'm just like, oh boy, I'm talking about the paranormal and it, it just seems so silly. But then again, it's, it's, I go back to, well, I've experienced a, a number of things and uh, some of those things I can't just exactly rule out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's the way I feel that um, I believe that a lot of times people 
of course, are skeptic if they haven't had an experience. I mean, right. I think that's quite natural mm-hmm. to be a skeptic if you haven't actually had it occur to you. And yeah. um, and so that's why I I totally respect everybody's opinion regarding you know what they believe in and what they don't believe in because um, believe me, if if something like a paranormal experience has happened to someone they will not be a skeptic anymore because you can't deny something that has happened to you as being real unless you want to uh, just say, okay, well, I'm just ready to be taken away to uh, like the insane asylum because (laughs) I don't want to accept what I saw as being real. So I must be crazy and I must be hallucinating. So, all right, just take me away now. So, you know, it's either you believe in what you actually saw, felt and saw, you know, or right. you just say, okay, no, I'm hallucinating and I, I am a crazy person. So that, those are your options. So um, I just hope that um, somebody who is sorely, you know, skeptical, that someday they actually do get to experience something that is involved with the paranormal uh, realm because um, it's a real eye-opener. And it's oh, not certainly. something that, certainly. you know, you really want to happen. You, you, well, I certainly don't. It's not something I care t- to have happen to me. It's quite frightening. Oh, yeah. And it's not something, I, you know, I look for. You know, I don't go out and do um, uh, investigations, like investigations or anything like that. I don't know. Okay. I don't I don't do those nothing things like because that. no, because I don't want to find anything else beyond what I already just have that's in my homes, you know, places where I've lived, yeah, you that know, these spirits are there. Already. Right. <laughs> it seems like that's been going on with you for forever, it seems like, mm-hmm. this paranormal yeah. activity. And even uh, even your daughter experienced some of these things. Yes. And even my pet. And your pet. I call. We're going to talk yeah, about I call, them. Yes. <laughs> we'll get into that. I call. Okay. You want to talk about that later? <laughs> well, actually, you know, we could talk about it now because we we love animals here on the program. So Okay. Okay. We well, I called him, him um, Poppy the Ghost Watcher because he's, uh, we adopted him. Poppy. He, he was a pet beyond. I yeah. like him. And uh, he, he, well, he was adorable. I want to pet him. So, <laughs> well, you well, can see plenty could. of pictures of him. I you know. can see plenty of pictures of yeah. him online. Poor guy. Um, and... Yeah. And the thing is that when I would walk into a room, I would see Poppy standing totally still, staring into the corner. And that's when I would then suddenly get the sense that the energy had changed and it was cold and strange feeling in the room. And I would grab my camera and take a picture of him at what he was staring at in that location. And nine out of 10 times, there would be a spirit orb staring right in front of him, or he would be surrounded by them. And so several of those pictures are uh, at the Twitter account. And you can see him. There's one picture where there's like three spirit orbs right in front of his eyes, and they're actually reflect. You can see their reflection in his eyes. I see it on your website there. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting photo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's how... I caught that, you know, sometimes people say, well, how do you catch these? And it's I would say I would feel a change in the room. It's not like I just like walk around taking pictures randomly. It's like you sense something. Right. And and that's when I would grab the picture and 
take, you know, take, take a, a camera and take a picture and then it would appear. Um, and so Poppy, that poor guy, he was, especially in Sacramento, California, where it was very haunted in the uh, pocket green haven section of Sacramento. And almost every picture I, I took of him, he was t- just totally surrounded. He'd be walking in a room. There'd be a bunch of, like, spirit orbs following oh, him. Oh, he must have been freaking out. He was. Oh, no. He was. As, <laughs> as a matter of fact, my um, youngest daughter, who, yeah, uh, did a did a cartoon of him, and uh, it's pretty funny. It's at the Twitter account. And he would – there was one point where we lived in Dublin, California, and – he 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 never even though he was a small dog he never was a lap dog. If you tried to put him on your lap, he'd jump off. He'd look at you like, "What are you weird? Leave me alone." And um, when we moved there to Dublin, California, the minute I would walk into the room, he would run over and literally start clawing his way up my leg, and he would climb up onto my shoulder and like stick his head into like my hair. That's how scared he was wow. in that house. Yeah, he was freaked out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, the, and the minute we let, moved out of there, he, he went back to not wanting to be held. It was just in that one place. And uh, I would come home, and I would find a infinity knot tied right in the middle of his leash. And, you know, that's the symbol of no beginning, no end. And... I would just automatically accuse my husband and my daughter of doing it because, you know, they <laughs> you thought, were accusing, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was accusing them because, you know, I was, they must have loved that, feeling, by the way. Oh, they hated it. They hated it <laughs> right. because I thought they were like ripping on me because of my right, paranormal right. experiences. And I thought they were doing it on purpose to, you know, play a prank on me. I see and, the cartoon now, and, by the way. Oh, you see it? I okay. See it well, that's exactly how it was done. Wow. How he got. Okay. And so, and I did sense that there was a cat spirit in that place. But, um, anyway, so finally they both like jumped up in my face and said, look, we didn't tie this knot. We're not doing it. Leave us alone. We're not doing this. Well, Michael, the knot was like so intense that right in the middle of the leash, I could barely undo it. Because it's a, a complicated knot, the infinity knot, but it would be tied right in the middle of the leash. Yeah, that's not and easy to do. it wouldn't be there. Yeah, right. So um, so there was definitely something, you know, going on <laughs> with with that, with Poppy, with, you know, he really had. It certainly seems like A it. lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he was a sweet dog. Poor dog. Yeah, I know. I miss him. I wish I wish he didn't have all that happening to him, but I tried my best to help him. But. Well, what if it was your daughter just playing a mean trick on you, and you later found mm-hmm. out? Would you would you just exile her from the family? <laughs> no, I know my daughters wouldn't do that because they know. love Poppy. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I know she wouldn't do uh, that. She seems like a, a yeah, great nah. girl. Yeah, no. So, uh, everybody loved Poppy. He was just a really special little guy. And, uh, but my oldest daughter, she does experience, um, things. And so I have, at least I have, you know, her and my husband also has, um, now. Yeah. He was, he was a skeptic, right? Mm -hmm. Pardon me? He was a skeptic, correct? Before, before you really. Uh, come out and he would just kind of roll his eyes or you know raise his eyebrows oh he thought you were he thought you were nuts right a little bit 
Well, kind of. I, I guess he never said it, but probably. He probably but, thought you so. Know, I, I, you know, he's a guy, you know. He probably, you know. Yeah, I, he probably thinks I'm nuts now, and oh, so and no. he already, and, you know. I, I doubt he, yeah. he does. Not not nowadays. I'm sure he's seen <laughs> enough of the photos, and he's more on on the leaning towards your your side. I, I'm sure. Oh well, yeah. I mean, he he himself. There's a picture in um the book which uh shows his car that he used to drive to work and you can clearly see like two old people sitting in the car like apparitions staring oh, out mm-hmm. like like waiting for him to take them uh with him to work <laughs> and so when he saw that uh he that's when he said okay that's it I, you know he's in and he would he would hear his voice being called and it wasn't me or any of the girls. Yeah, no, that's freaky. So, yeah. Yeah, just so there's been just a lot of things. But um, I'm going to just let you ask me any specific question you might have, because I could just go on and on and on. No, no worries. Did this happen in Berkeley, California, the most, I guess you could say, haunted, per se? Is um, that where most of your experiences was- were? Well, my daughter lives in Berkeley. My oldest daughter lives in Berkeley. She has experiences there. But when we lived in Sacramento, California, mm-hmm. in uh, the pocket Greenhaven area, that place was totally haunted. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that um, in that neighborhood, there had been a Portuguese cemetery um, that some building developers decided would be a nice place to put uh, a bunch of houses on top of. Oh, that's fine. So they just yeah yeah. So they just built a bunch of houses. Uh, you know, talk about disrespecting. I know, right? People. My goodness. And then uh huh. And then um then the other thing was that in that same area there was a Native American burial ground that they picked up uh, the remains and re- removed them and put them someplace else. So it's been said, if you, if you go online and put in Pocket Greenhaven, Sacramento, you'll see it's noted as being a very haunted place. And they think that a lot of it has to do with those two things. And plus there's a lot of, you know, death and mayhem in Sacramento. There was yeah. a big flood there, and, you know, there's like fighting there. A lot and, of terrible drivers know. out there, too. <laughs> I mean, the last time oh, I was God. out there, terrible drivers. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I know. I know. It is true. <laughs> oh, it's, um, it's still terrible to this day? I, I, I don't. Well, when we were out there, it was pretty bad. I mean, I haven't been there for years. I think um, I saw like five accidents, but, and I was there for like a week. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I believe it. It is pretty crazy. The driving was out there, and then plus, I think there was a lot of like serial killers out there oh, in Sacramento. How awesome! Uh, I forget. Yeah, what her name was. There was this one lady who had like um, one of these places where she would rent rooms to people. And she would go out and find people who looked like they needed a place to stay, who was on Social Security or got some kind of benefits. That and doesn't sound like a good them. idea already. Yeah. 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 Oh, and she killed no. them. And so, and, and, mm-hmm, yeah. And, uh, so she killed a lot of people. And so there was a lot of, you know, very terrible things that happened out in Sacramento. And so I think that's what it, added to the fact that there's a lot of uh, probably angry ghosts walking yeah. around out there. A lot of angry ghosts out there, I can imagine. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but by the way, I'm sorry to divert all this right now, but that reminds me on your YouTube channel, you, you uploaded some sort of video of yeah. the carriage house. Is that what it is? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, my carriage house. What, was this taken in that's... your backyard? Mm-hmm. In yeah. your last home or your current home, correct? Or? This is my current home. Oh, okay. This in is Seneca your... Falls. Right. In New York here. Mm-hmm. I, I like the way I said that. In New York here, implying that I'm in New York. <laughs> I'm actually in California. Hey, you can be anywhere you want to be, Michael. <laughs> I could pretend I'm there. But yeah, the, the sensor lights were turning on and off on the, on a rainy night. Um, very creepy, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> well, I'm going to be releasing another one a week before Halloween. <laughs> that uh, of of that Very backyard nice. uh, carriage house, and uh, there's a, at one point there's this strange thing. I'm just going to call it an anomaly because I can't say it's a ghost, but you know some people might say, oh, it's a bird, but it's really strange. So I think it's worthwhile putting on there to let everybody figure out what they think it might be. But it's this really strange looking thing that all of a sudden appears and like grows and gets, looks like it gets bigger than it gets smaller. It's, it's very bizarre looking. So, um, I figured that that would be, see, I'm not that against Halloween. Uh, I'm going to let, you know, release that as hopefully for fun for people to watch, uh, Halloween. So you, you do pass out candy then, right? Uh, no. <laughs> No, you're, you're passing out vegetables. Is that what you do? You're handing out coal. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't like opening up my door at night. I don't know. I'm just, I'm a New Yorker, Michael. I'm from the Bronx, remember? So That's uh, right. I don't like opening up. The, we got to yeah, talk the, about your, like we got to talk about your days in the Bronx now. Okay. We, we, we got to go back in, into that in, in a second here, but let's, let, let's finish up with, with this new video you're releasing here. So. Oh, you're, okay. you're planning to release it on Halloween uh, day or what's going oh, on? No, I'll release it. Um, I, I figure I'll release it a week before Halloween. This way, if anybody sees it and they like it, then, you know, they may want to show it to people on Halloween because it's creepy. You, I mean, you saw how creepy that it was that how it looks with the carriage house and everything and the right. different things popping up and in and out. Um, well, I'm going to specifically say, so people won't have to like grudgingly look at it forever if they don't want to. I'm going to find exactly where this thing's just about pops up and I'll put that time when it, you know, what, what time in the video yeah. this thing pops up for them to uh, Excellent, yeah. guess what they think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back to the Bronx now, here we go. Okay. Well, what were those days like and how old were you when you were there? Okay. I was born and raised in the Bronx. Oh, and born and so, raised. Yeah. I was born and bre- 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 born raised bred. in the Bronx. Yeah. I was bred in the Bronx. You were bred. Um, and well, I, that's funny. There was an actual Wonder Bread factory <laughs> right a block away. Oh no! <laughs> no one knows saying that. That's and they funny. used to give out. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, like Wonder Bread. They had like this like interesting packaging that had like little blue and yellow and red dots on it and everything. Oh, I recall and that. And they would get okay. They would give away little promotional like mini packages of bread and so um you could go there and they would give you these little tiny baby breads in those packaging and yummy i think it probably ate so much of it though that i cannot to this day even stand the smell of white bread oh <laughs> because, yeah it's over uh, because i smelled it like my whole life yeah. living there but anyway so um i'll tell you in the bronx is when i saw my first apparition and uh my father was a policeman and um so, you know, he was like, 
like a big protector. He was a tough and guy. So, and, and well, no, he was he was actually not tough, but he was a, you know very protective. He he came from a huge family where he was the eldest, and he and his father died, so he was a, like a very responsible type of a person who right. took care of his fa- other family and now this new family. And so I He's always felt kind guy. of safe yeah. with him. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was sleeping, and um, all of a sudden I just. So I was around 11. I felt this really coldness in the room, and it wasn't winter. And I just felt an eeriness, and I opened up my eyes, and when I looked up, this tall, thin, angular-looking man, who actually kind of looked like Abraham Lincoln, was leaning what over if it was? me. It could have been. You never know. Was Lee? Well, Edgar Allan Poe's house was in my neighborhood. Oh, well, there anyway, you go. So, there you go. There you go. That's probably why I'm weird. Anyway, so <laughs> he, like, le- was leaning over me, looking at me like, what are you? You know, like that. And I, like, rubbed my eyes because I thought, oh, I'm having a dream. And then I looked at him again, and he and he started to come down closer towards me. And I just went like, ah! you know, and I just started like waving my arms to try to like knock him to get him away from me. Uh, yeah. And then I jumped up and I ran out of the room screaming, Daddy, there's a man in my room. There's a man in my room. And so then, of course, my father jumps up, you know, the police officer. He must have been fired up. Charging in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's charging imagine. a man in my daughter's room. Jesus. And, um, and, and then he goes in there. Of course, he's not there. I mean, he's right. going to sit around waiting. And so then he looked at me like, hmm. All right, go back to bed. <laughs> you had a dream, whatever. And yeah, I mean, I, I I always like telling this story because I feel so sorry for kids who have these horrible experiences seeing ghosts. And parents are you, know, you always see it in these shows where they're like, oh no, there's nothing. Just go back to bed. You're having a bad dream, you know. And it, and then it, suddenly you see like the father getting scratched by that same demon that's bothering the kid. And then suddenly now the father's like, oh my God, there's a, a ghost in our house. You yeah. know, after the poor kid is like crying, begging, please don't leave me alone. Please leave the light on. I mean, that really gets me when like they won't even let the kid have a light on. No, no, you're too old. Turn that light on. Because <laughs> I know plenty of adults that still sleep with their lights on. I know on, plenty. Too. Yeah, and yes. <laughs> I, for one, fall asleep with my TV light on because I cannot go to, I cannot be in a completely dark room. Yeah, so, there's some people that can't sleep in in silence either. They, they got to have something like a radio or uh, mm-hmm. something. Something needs to be on. I know, I know what you mean very well. Yeah. So anyway, so that was my first experience, and it was interesting because shortly after that, I had an older sister. Um, who's eight years older than me, and uh, we had one closet in the room, and she basically took over that closet. You know, I don't even know where my clothes were, to tell you the truth. And um, so I decided to go on an adventure one day and started going through the closet looking at her stuff, of course, you know, I was a kid. And uh, lo and behold, I find this game. I thought, wow, she's got a game. Cool. Like, I was shocked, you know, that she would have a game because she wasn't, didn't seem to be, you know, that kind of person to have games. And I pulled it out. And as soon as I opened it up and looked inside, I got the creepiest feeling as a kid. And I didn't even want to play with the game. And I put the box together. And I quickly put it in her closet. She had it hidden under some stuff on the bottom. of. Well, later on, I found out that that was a Ouija board oh, that she had no. in there. Mm-hmm. What was that doing in there? No, no, no. Your guess is as good as mine, but... uh <laughs> 
I, I don't think it was doing anything good, <laughs> the truth. but uh, so that's, I don't know if that was what brought that spirit into the house. Um, you know, if that had any influence it's on the other hand, yeah. yeah, on the other hand, uh, the man that lived there before, I believe he might've died. I'm not sure, but he, he died. I don't know if he died in the apartment, but um, he had been a world traveler and after he had retired and he had literally like put nails in the walls throughout the entire apartment to hang these trinkets that he brought back from him, you know, wherever he went. And so my parents, what they did was they, of course, removed all the nails and they put up those walls, like the fake walls, to cut, so the walls would be nice and smooth. Right. So it could have, who knows, it could have been his spirit too, mad that, you know, they took down his nails and redid the apartment where he lived in. I don't know, but it could have been either one of those things or mm-hmm. just somebody randomly left it there. <laughs> <passing> through. <Yeah. laughs> you know, but anyway, that, so that's the first time that I saw a spirit. Um, and like I said before, believe me, it's not something that you really want. It really isn't. Yeah. It's nothing that you could actually prepare for either. It's, it's very random when it happens. And the very first time I experienced something, it was, uh, at my, uh, parents' home and oh. my grandmother had passed. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I've told, it's okay. I, I've told this story a million times and I'm sure the listeners know all about this one, but I'll tell you. Oh, I want to hear it. Yeah, I'll tell Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Well, she passed and I think it might have been three or four months after she had passed. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of build up when, when you have a close relationship with gra- a grandmother or grandfather, you, you kind of know their routines. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things my grandmother used to always do really late into the night was um, she would do the dishes or she would make uh, tea or, or something along those lines. She would be in the kitchen at mm. very late into the hours. And this was something she'd always do. So one, mm-hmm. yeah, one night. I'm sleeping there and I get up and I just randomly think, uh, well, I don't randomly think it. I just, I hear some noise coming from the kitchen and the, the, the random thought of, Oh, I'll, I'll go say hi to my grandmother. And I, mm-hmm. I go up, I go out there. And of course, when I get there, no one is there, even though I heard, um, the faucet going off and I heard some pots and pans moving around. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was very strange. And I always thought, was this a dream that, my imagining this, um, but the truth is, I wasn't. I right. clearly remember I wasn't. Right. Yeah. That that was the very first, the very first time that happened, and you know, I I held off from telling my father for a very long time about that. Wow. I don't want to freak him out. So what did he? You so you did eventually tell him though. Yeah. Eventually. Right? Yeah. Eventually, I told him, and and he's open minded. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. Towards all these things. How did he feel? Was it his mother? Yeah, it was his mother. Aww. He he wasn't that um, surprised or freaked out. He just kind of rolled with it, actually. I was kind of surprised. Wow. Yeah, you would think he'd well, be, yeah. You know, well, it's like, it's it's comforting in a way. Right. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it is comforting to know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he probably enjoyed that, that little story. Right. There. Right, and he and it made him feel connected to her again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, he of course loved his mother very much. He was, uh, I think, he was the only child. 
Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad when you lose someone that you love very much. Oh, yes. Certainly is. Too many people come and go very fast. Oh, yeah. And that's why it's such a wonderful gift to having something like that happen. Where because then you can feel that they are still with you, you know, because their spirit is there letting you know. And, uh, you know, all things happen like I I lost my father when he was 56 and I was very close with him. And um, even though I've never seen him, I did have a dream about him where I felt like, Mm he was there. I mean, I felt like he was hugging me and like trying to comfort me as I was crying that how much I missed him. And I woke up and my whole face was covered in tears. (laughs) And so I really felt like he was there and he was such a wonderful person that he and sensitive that he probably wouldn't want to just appear to me because he would think he would scare me. That's the way I feel. So instead he would come to me in my dream, you know, and, uh, and I, I always sense him. I always, and my, my daughter always senses him too. So, um, that's, uh, anyway, before I just start getting teary-eyed about this. Oh, um, no. yeah, I, um, I don't know if you saw the picture at Twitter. Um, it's the the first picture that I have listed um, in my tweets, and it's identified as a smiling spirit, lower right. Oh, I see it now. Yes. Well, I see it. I love that picture. <laughs> That's a good color. I, I like that though. The coloration in the photos, I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, I can clearly see a woman smiling. And the night that I I took that picture, I just said, because I was hearing a lot of noises, you know, how you hear banging and noises and things like that. And I just sensed somebody was there. And and I said, you know, I I captured so many pictures of orbs. Um, Why don't, if you really, you're so intent on making so much noise and making yourself known, why don't you just let me actually capture a picture of you? If you want people to know you're real, if you really want like the world to know that there is a spirit spirit realm and that there are spirits here trying to reach out to live people. Why don't you actually let me catch, get a picture of you? And that was the result. I took the picture in the corner of my room, in the bedroom, and that's what came out. And uh, what I like about this picture is that she's smiling. It's not scary. You know, a lot of times uh, people, I think when they think of a ghost, they think of someone really scary looking, <laughs> you know, that you don't want to really see. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to run away from. Right, right. That's <laughs> where our mind usually takes us. <laughs> right. But um, I really believe that a lot of times um, people are being uh, everybody. A lot of people are uh, the spirits are trying to contact them and reach out to them and they're ignored. <laughs> And uh, so I, I just feel like an obligation when I hear something like that or I feel like there's a spirit to maybe try to help them move on and just re- help them get released from this world or do whatever I can. And if they don't want to go, then, okay, fine, as long as they're not, like, 
like burning crosses in my forehead or something, you know, which I would definitely go and get somebody else right. in here to help me with because, uh, you know, things can get pretty scary. I don't know if you've ever uh, spoken with someone who really had a bad, um, you know, haunting from maybe a demon or something, but things can get pretty ugly. Yeah, okay, you have. All I right. have. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it gets pretty intense for them. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there are a lot of people in mental hospitals who are not mental, who I have experienced this and they just are either too scared to tell somebody it or uh, they just don't know how to handle it. Um, but I do believe that a lot of people would rather just not admit not that they anything. feel like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, they're fearful yeah. of, of the ridicule and the criticism that comes with that, so that's why they right. don't. Yeah, it's what happens. Right. It's what happens. Uh, that's about all that happened in the Bronx. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it, it the the most prominent things that happened really was in Sacramento, uh, California, um, and I uh, in that place I. I actually was sleeping one night, and again, I felt that cold feeling in the air, and I looked up, and there was this tall, hooded thing standing over me, and I could see it was not a good spirit. Yeah, it doesn't sound good already. (laughs) No. As a matter of fact, again, at at my uh, Twitter account, there's a picture. I think it's right below that picture of the first one, if you go down a couple of uh, to the next picture, that's the picture of that bedroom. And if you look, you'll see there's a big black shadow on the ceiling. And then you can see there's these other orbs in the background. And yeah. like that, that was pretty typical of there was some kind of battle going on in that place because you can see there's all different types of mm-hmm. Things. Right. And, and and how do you tell the difference between an orb and, and let's say a drip of water or a speck of something on the lens? Oh, well that's a great question. Um I can I just when I take pictures it's not because I just randomly take a picture. Right, it's, right. It's a whole process. First I sense something in the room and then you know, the the environment changes and that's how. I mean if you look at the pictures that I put up, um, you can, a lot of times you can actually see uh, actual like faces in the spirit orbs if you look at if you enlarge them and look at them. And I have you know, dust does not come out in different colors too. And the spirit orbs that are at Twitter, if you look at them. They're like in a chain link formation sometimes. They actually look like, look like they're zooming through the air. You know, dust doesn't yeah, do I've, that. Yeah, I've had photos. I've taken photos like that myself, and mm-hmm. there were strange orbs in there as well, and I, I didn't know what that was either. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, mean, I agree with yeah. you. It's, it's yeah. an odd little thing that happens. Right. And so that's why I just decided I started taking these pictures when I got a digital camera. Because to me, before then, I frank, quite frankly didn't want to spend money taking a picture of something that I didn't know if anything was going to come out. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> it would have cost a lot of money and disappointment. It's a very expensive <laughs> photo. <laughs> yeah. So, boy, when I got that digital camera, it was amazing. And um, 
And so that's when I would say I've been doing, I took the pictures, say, for about 15 years. At this point, I'm basically not pursuing it anymore because I feel like I've I've proven my point. <laughs> and I'm not, like I said, I don't go out doing ghost investigations because, quite frankly, I'm afraid I might bring something back really bad. Well, <laughs> and, you, you know, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. What if you are, are bringing this to you? It seems like you've moved around quite a bit and these things mm-hmm. keep following you around, JG. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. it's you that's manifesting these things. Hmm. Well, I could, yeah, I, I know that that's a possibility, um, but I can I don't believe that the spirits that I deal with are the same. I feel like they're different okay, ones. You know, there is, I do feel that possibly my father's spirit might follow me because um, I have that feeling, that sense of like protection type, you know, aura right. at yeah. times. Um, but as far as uh, being I think I may be sensitive to them, and that's why possibly they make themselves apparent to me at times. Um, but um, I, I, you just, they're just different ones. <laughs> it's funny. It's like they have different personalities, yeah. just as they would in life. Yeah, a lot of, lot, of, um, lot of folks would agree with you on that, that these things have uh, different personality traits, I guess you could say. Some more mm-hmm. mischievous than others. Mm-hmm. Just some more passive than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard of this before. Also, I was wondering, well, actually, I wasn't wondering. I kind of already know. You've, you've had a shared experience, right? A what experience? A shared experience with, with someone else. Oh, my daughter? With right. my daughter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, as a matter of fact, that's my eldest daughter who lives in Berkeley. And she, um, her name's Veronica. She, Veronica, uh, right. Yeah, she was about, I guess, five years old, and we had just moved to North Hollywood, and that place was very haunted. What were you doing in North? (laughs) What were you doing out in North Hollywood? I was just living there. (laughs) I had moved from New York. I had moved from New York to North Hollywood, and then, you know, this was like thirty years ago, and then um, eventually I met my husband out there in Northridge. But Northridge, I know that is. Yeah, yeah, that's where that terrible earthquake happened. Right, right. When that building fell down. Mm-hmm. So um, we were living in this small little place, and so I had this uh, bunk bed type situation in this alcove of the apartment, and she was on the top, and I was on the bottom, and I would hear her like laughing at around two, three o'clock in the morning in her in her bed, and I would get out of it quickly climb up the ladder a little bit, look, and then she would be sleeping. And I said, what? Well, she must have been having a dream or something. And right. But this would go on a lot. And so then I, w- I just thought, well, what can I do? She's laughing. I mean, it's not like she's crying. And so uh, the, I couldn't prove anything because she was only like five years old. So later on in life, though, she told me that she saw a little boy at the end of her bed. And that's what she was doing when she was laughing. They would be playing up in her bed. And then when I would get up, she would like fall asleep and just try to act like nothing was happening. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. And I believe you. I believe you that, you know, that reminds me of a, of my neighbor, uh, back in my Mm -hmm. old, back in my old home. 
I, there was some sort of apparition of a little boy that yeah. my friend and his mother and his sister, they, they all saw this thing randomly a couple times in the hallway. And that mm-hmm. always freaked me out. I, I kind of stopped spending a night at my friend's house after that. <laughs> yeah, th- this was years ago. This was like early 2000s. Um, you know, back when you would spend the night at your friend's house. Yeah. Back, you right. know, back when it was innocent and you weren't just uh, spending a night there because you were doing heavy drinking or <laughs> something of that nature, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And so. Um, then uh, I'm glad you brought it up because in that same apartment, I had, um, a neighbor upstairs named Sam, who was a very nice retired Air Sam. Force guy. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he had gone out to lunch with his buddies and on his way back, he got into a fatal car accident and died. So oh, God. a week later, yeah, he just was coming back from lunch. Well, there you go. Crazy driving. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There we go. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. So anyway, so I was sleeping and I got that same exact feeling that I got when I was a kid, that, that cold, like eerie, like pressure in the room thing. And I looked over and I had this little kitchen area with a little kitchenette and there's Sam sitting in the chair. smiling at me and I looked at him and I said I forgot he was dead (laughs) because I just woke up and I see him and I said and I mean I'm telling you Michael it's like I was looking like right at you he He was was there full right formation it wasn't like ooh, you know misty no and I looked at him and I said Sam what are you doing in my house and he looked at me and he put this grin on his face and then I went wait oh you're dead. <laughs> All of a sudden I realized he was dead. And as soon as I said that, he got up from the chair and he looked like he leapt up in the air and it looked like he was like flying across the room towards me. And I put my hands over my head and I screamed because I thought he was going to jump on me. <laughs> right. And then, he, and then he disappeared and then he wow. disappeared. And this was about a week to two weeks after he had died. Oh, pretty, pretty fresh. Yes. Yeah, but, because it was like mm-hmm. quick, quick death. You know, he just died in that car accident. It wasn't like he was in the hospital yeah. and knew he was going to die. You know? And out yeah, quick. he was full of life. Yeah, he was a very like friendly, very vivacious type of a person. He missed you. And he had to come back and say hi. <laughs> I think that's what it was. By the way, so, uh, JG, just, just to keep the just to keep things fun here, um, you you right. were sober when this happened, correct? Yeah, I was, I had been sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to like going to bed with a bottle of booze in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. To keep no, things totally fun, sober. Okay. <laughs> and believe me, it was, uh, I, I was again sleeping. It's like they say, these spirits, they like to come around when you're sleeping. <laughs> they really do. That's true. They like to visit you. Yeah. Believe me, I, I, I've had these strange things happen. And again, mm. I try to be as rational as can be, mm-hmm. but I, I, some things I just, some things I haven't even talked about here on the show, but, um. No, you gotta say something, Michael. Come on. I'm well, still in the beans here about everything <laughs> of mine. <laughs> you gotta give me something back. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, Poppy was, uh, he was sober too, right? When he saw these things. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was you don't wondering know him. about him sometimes. Yeah. He might have, 
He might have done something. Like things. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he was acted drunk. Sometimes. He was tying a knot around himself, so <laughs> got a question. Well, you want to know something? After he died, now you, I know you're going to ask me what drug I've been taking. Oh no! After he died, I was in such mourning. I had, I carried his ashes with me, Michael, for over a year. Holy in my crap! Purse. I would take him. Did you? I would take oh. him shopping and everything because I couldn't like you couldn't part let with him. him go. I was, I was I was I was in severe oh, depression over the death of my dog, poor, and so poor doggy. Yeah, yeah. But then I thought, okay, Poppy, I feel guilty now because I've been holding you in here, oh. and so we had these little like Christmas type trees <laughs> right. on the side of the house that he used to love because they were these miniature trees, so he felt really big next to them. So yeah. he liked to go there as soon as we let him out of the house, and I thought, okay, I'm going to put your ashes by your favorite spot. And so I released his ashes over where the trees, and I said, oh, you know, Poppy, because he was my shadow. Everywhere I went, he was with me. So I said, you know, Poppy, I just I hope you're not, man, like I'm putting you out of here. I wish there was some kind of a sign. And with <laughs> that carriage house. You kicked yeah, him out. Where that, yeah, where that carriage house you see in the video is, right. behind it, there's like uh, a river. Oh, I see it now. And I see yeah, it now. and then on the other side is like this rec center. Well, I could hear from like the other side. As soon as I said that, I heard from over in that direction a little dog go. Ah! Oh, <laughs> that's a sign. Crazy. It was crazy. Now that could be a coincidence, but this isn't a coincidence. So later on, I wake up uh, like. A week later, I wake up, I'm walking around, all of a sudden I look down at my leg, and on my ankle is are the impressions of a bite mark that was the same exact size of Poppy's jawline. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, no, that's, said, no, that's freaky. Yeah, okay. So I said to my husband, I said, Matt, what do you think this is? I said, look at this. Is this and he said, Those are, that's like a teeth impression. But if the skin wasn't broken. It was just like the red marks of like teeth. I see. Like a teeth impression. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't have like, uh, like cobras, you know, zooming around here and biting me and anything. <laughs> you know, it was a zombie yeah, bitch. Papillon. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know what a papillon looks like. It's those little cute dogs with the kind of butterfly ears. That oh, of course. We adopted him. My neighbor okay. has one. It, Okay, but he was a hefty one, of course. Oh, he liked to eat. He and was so a big he one. was like a, yeah, he was a hefty puppy. Oh, I, I mean, like they it. can be like really tiny. But oh. yeah, oh, come on. When, when I was making like popcorn, all of a sudden, like he'd come up and start kicking me in my ankle and go, Arr. Oh, that was the sign there, yes. <laughs> that was the but sign. But anyway, yeah, can you believe it? And I can see my husband was like, Ugh, freaked out because I said, look at this. It's the same exact like formation because his little jawline was small. Well, what did your and husband say that, about that? He said it looked like, yeah, it looked like his teeth mocked. So he was he, creeped he, out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh. Of course. But he knew that Poppy and I were like, you know, we were buds. You I were mean, tight. We were just, yeah, you were close. Yeah, yeah, very. I mean, he, like, he was my shadow, like I said. Mm -hmm. and I would take him wherever I could. And I mean, anyway, so that that was amazing to me that, 
uh, I, I had, I don't think I even told anybody about that. Oh, know? I see. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like yeah, the just, location, by the way, of your, of your backyard with the river there. I'm seeing that uh, photo of, oh. uh, of it in, uh, nighttime. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you can see the bridge to the right of it. That, yeah, I'm looking at it now. I, like I said, I, it, okay. it's, it looks beautiful. You know that movie? You know that movie, It's a Wonderful Life? With uh, that old movie with Jimmy Stewart where yes. he jumps. I well, that they, they supposedly, uh, they're saying Frank Capra wrote that movie based on Seneca Falls. Oh, and okay. that bridge is called It's a Wonderful Life Bridge. Oh. And they have a It's a Wonderful Very Life cool. run, run every year where like 5,000 or more people come here. And they actually run past my house. It's funny. Oh. And it's great because they're all in outfits and, you know, they even have dogs running and they even have people in wheelchairs being pushed. I mean, it's fabulous. Oh, I like that, yes. Sounds <laughs> it's like fun. fun. It's fun. And it's snowing usually. So there's all snow and you see all these people running in, in costumes and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, so that's because in reality, uh, there was an Italian man who jumped in to save a young girl who had jumped in herself into that river, and he saved her, but then he died. That's the story I've heard, yes. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, yeah. So, well, this is, you know, Seneca Falls. Beautiful to be the place. place where the, yeah. yeah, where Beautiful the woman's, location. Uh, you know. I, you know, I, I, talk, uh, I talk negatively about the East Coast. And how much oh. I, I would dislike it. But, you know, truth oh. be told, I've been looking at a lot of photos. Well, of course, I've been looking at a lot of photos again and thinking about some of the things mm -hmm. I said I didn't like about it. But now it's like, you know, I don't think I would hate the East Coast too much if I go back. Hmm. Oh, well, that's nice. I was there when I was really young, so I don't really recall too mm -hmm. much. But uh, living out here in Southern California, I, I've gotten so used to the heat. And so if I go uh -huh. somewhere mildly cold, I'm I'm dying. <laughs> well, then you would die. <laughs> I probably would. Um, I would have to wear yeah. layers and layers of clothes, uh, clothing. <laughs> I'm wearing die. a coat right now and in the house, <laughs> and I'm inside the house. Oh, yeah, God. I'm not I'm not a good person for the cold either. But um, our 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 youngest daughter here, she as soon as she, she moved here, she was so happy. She was like running around in just like a t-shirt top and it was like 50 it's degrees freezing. because <laughs> she's like warm-blooded you know some people are like warm-blooded whereas my oldest daughter who lives in berkeley she loves the sunny california right and uh so yeah it's just whatever makes people happy that's what you got to do some people are crazy though they'll go out there without a shirt on and jump in the snow you can. I used to work for a man who was a part of the polar bear club, and he would go swimming in the winter time that's in Brooklyn. Very Russian of him. <laughs> that's what the. Uh, yeah. That's what a lot of uh, Russian uh, fighters do, actually, uh, in their training. They'll be training mm -hmm. in little underwear, running around, and it's and it's snowing, <laughs> and they just do it. I'm serious yeah. too. It's well, crazy. I, I'm. I believe you, and but I mean that was definitely this guy's personality. Yeah, you know? he, he was he like fits a real the, heavy hitter. There you go. <laughs> He doesn't mind. It's kind of funny. Yeah, well, I do. I, I, I couldn't do that. I'd die. It's <laughs> just yeah. too damn cold for me there. <laughs> well, it was like below, I think it was like nine degrees below here. Oh, screw that. screw that. I'd die. <laughs> Could never do that. But I know. I, I got to go. It's coming. I got to go visit, though, during the, 
the summertime out to the East Coast oh, yeah. somewhere. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's really pretty, especially, um, I mean, if there's wineries here that are beautiful looking. I like and, wineries, uh, yes. Yeah, and um, uh, there's, uh, well, they act, I don't know if they, they put in some kind of gambling place. I don't gamble. But, I don't gamble. I mean, they're, they're, no. they're adding a lot of things, but they have a lot of like uh, – entertainment that you might like they have some good shows there. i like that yeah uh, a place where i can yeah. drink so, a little yeah oh yeah like definitely that. and so that's what i'm saying they, they are starting to put in a lot of things for tourism let's just say that so right um and uh it is pretty especially in the fall when the trees start changing colors and got the orange and the yellows and the greens and the gold and it's pretty beautiful looking um oh, with yes. the lakes and stuff you know, so that's a good place but, to, um, to raise a family, I guess you could say. Well, yeah. Well, I came back here because I wanted to come back to my roots. To I'm your roots, in New York. So why you don't know. you move to the Bronx yeah. again? I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I don't think you'd want to. Well, <laughs> well I know, I know. It, 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 well, we lived in this area that was kind of nice. It was all the way up near this hospital called Montefiore Hospital. Um, but, yeah, I just guess that uh, parts of the Bronx is pretty tough, just like a lot of places. A lot of you places know? in like, New York, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Avenue. I lived in Manhattan. <laughs> I lived in Manhattan, yeah, and I lived in, near Alphabet City, but oh, on one side of the block was, I know like, about this Alphabet highfalutin. City. But you know what I'm saying? On one side of the block was highfalutin, uh, like, galleries and people you could see with a lot of money pulling up in limousines and then like one see, block now, down, I would, it was I would, yeah see i would probably would have loved growing up there even mm-hmm. though even though new york you know the buildings block the sun as they say i right. I, I would still probably have loved growing up there oh yeah well manhattan the energy I, manhattan. you know i've noticed that i really don't like many people on the west coast out here in california most people <laughs> i just I, I just think are terrible and then there's people I've met from the East Coast that I, I just loved. So <laughs> okay. a, a part of me is well, like, you know, I, I should have been an East Coaster. I should have been born there. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Maybe you were. Maybe you're uh, reincarnated in a, yeah, into in now a, the West Coast, in Michael. In a previous <laughs> life, I, I was born in the East Coast probably. 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 Yeah, because, you know, I, I have sort of that, that East Coast personality. I'm kind of mean. Oh. <laughs> People, yeah, that, that's kind of the rap uh, you get out here. I've been asked that. They're like, did you grow up in the East Coast? And I'm, I'm like, no. I'm just kind <laughs> of an asshole naturally. That's what I say. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I don't, you know what? I laugh at it. I don't care. I like telling people I'm from the Bronx. I mean, it was really fun going on interviews when, you know, you'd be sitting there and the interviewer, oh, so uh, where are you? Do you live? And <laughs> I say, the Bronx. The Bronx. And like you could immediately see. You, you got to like throw with going, attitude, though. Yeah, the Bronx. I did. Right. And you could see, immediately see them like kind of like checking their wallet, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't care. There were a lot of jobs back then. Put their checkbook away. (laughs) Slid it to the front. But, yeah, I'll tell you something. When I first moved to the West Coast, this is the experience I had. Oh, here we go. Coming from the East Coast. Here we go. And having, like, yeah, arm-to-arm people, like, you're walking, like, down the block, and there's, like, just a multitude of people surrounding you. Well, I didn't have a car, and so I was pushing my baby carriage down the block, and I stopped, and I, I realized there was no one on the sidewalk. 
I was like, I'm the only one on I'm the sidewalk here. Telling, Where is everyone? I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it's like that out here in California. I've been to various cities late at night. And, you know, the only places that are, like, open late at night are um, usually in, in the Asian communities. They have, like, 24-hour mm -hmm. cafes and of, of that nature, and uh, especially in, in a place called Monterey Park. Big, oh, Asian, yeah. huge Asian community. Uh, don't don't try to drive there, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> ter terrible yeah. drivers, I must say. <laughs> oh, well, I was in San Francisco, so that was a large yes. Asian community too. But yeah, I, yeah, that place though, at all at all hours, you'll you'll see a bunch of Asians just walking around smoking cigarettes. Uh, it, <laughs> it was fun though; it made you feel like the city was alive. Right. But this was like at 12 o'clock at noon, I'd be walking down the street and there'd be nobody on the sidewalk. And I, that you know, happens. I was new, I was new in California and I thought, is there going to be an earthquake? Like, I was scared because I, did, I thought, where is everybody? I had no idea that everybody was in their cars. That's what yeah, I later found out. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Always a good time. But, um, yeah. But so, I mean, is there, Anything else that you're curious about as far as... Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up right in a, in a moment here, but I did want to share one little story with you since I thought oh, you, sure. you've been so polite, I might as well share yeah. one with you. Fabulous. Yeah, you know, one of the most powerful experiences I ever had, uh, it was was um, a shared experience. It was a oh. genuine and significant encounter to solidify uh, some of the things that I was going through at the time. And mm. I I got to tell you, uh, before I, I, let me put this into proper context for you, I mm -hmm. was a part of another show, uh, a show that I, I regret doing nowadays, but uh, mm. I, was, I was doing a program previously to this one, and uh, leading up to mm -hmm. this event uh, called Contact in the Desert, uh, mm. and, uh, leading up to this event, I had said on the air that if I don't see anything or experience anything, then I'm done, uh, with, with the mm -hmm. show and I'm just never going to do this again. I'm just mm. over it. And I was serious. I was going to quit. I'm, I'm just, I was done with all this, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I was over it. And, um, well, that intent seems to have manifest somehow because, uh, when I went out there, I experienced a number of things, but one of the most powerful things I did was, uh, in a hotel room, and uh, it was basically pretty dark. That that uh, in the room there, everything was kind of off. And I'm having mm -hmm. this normal discussion, just uh, having a chit chat there, and uh, some sort of weird light just manifested in the room, and mm. it, it seemed like someone turned on the most powerful fluorescent lights imaginable. Oh. And it, yeah, and it was very odd. Of course, the curtains were closed and. No one was messing with any lights or anything like that, but this thing just engulfed the entire room with this really powerful white light that even overtook my eyes for a moment. I, I couldn't see anything. It was just pure white for a moment there. Wow. It, it was, it was scary as That's hell. That's amazing. It was scary uh, yeah. as hell. And yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I've, so what did you do? I've, I've never experienced anything like that. It was just insane, and I I kind of brushed it off for a moment there. We we both did. Uh, mm -hmm. I, we both didn't know what the hell just happened. So we, we sort of just, you know, kind of brushed it off and went along, and then we both kind of uh, said, did that just happen? Did you, you know, we were kind of 
we were both freaked out, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, I've talked about this on the show a couple times, and I've told different people about it, and some <laughs> would say that a light beam came into the room, or I was abducted, or even I activated my third eye with this person. Yeah, I've heard all of these hmm. things. I, I've heard all of these things, and hmm. I'm not I'm not even sure what to believe, really. I don't know what happened. Hmm. Well, it seems like... I'm stumped. Whatever, it seems like whatever came into your room was letting you know that you should continue doing what you were doing. And that's what I got out and of not. it, yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. So here we are. And so... <laughs> That, 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 that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. So that's really a pretty is. intense confirma- yeah. uh, confirmation oh, of yeah. your role in life. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if they went to that extent to tell I was you. sober, by the way. <laughs> Important part of the story. I didn't doubt it for a moment. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, sometimes I drink during the program, I'm not going to lie, but that's for various <laughs> um, celebration purposes because it's been a fantastic year uh, right here oh. on End of Days, the Michael Deacon program. I just hasn't been a, a full year yet, but it's coming up and it's been a very successful run so far. Well, congratulations. I'm happy for you. I thank you so much. That Now, that's why I've been drinking. Not today. Not Well, that, that's for Saturday. That, that's when I'll be drinking. <laughs> well, have one for me. <laughs> I certainly will. Uh, you're, you're not a drinker, though, are you? No. I used to be. But used to be? No, back I, when you were a serious writer? That's when you were a heavy drinker? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Actually, I... I started pretty young. Um, pretty young? And I, well, you yeah, grew up in the I Bronx. Just, of course you started young. Yeah, exactly. So I just got to a point, you know, after having my children, that when my... How when many my, children uh, do you have, yeah, J.G.? I, I, well, I, I have two. I have two. Two, I have two. two. Okay. But when my, when my youngest daughter started drawing pictures of mommy looking like she's running around the house with, like, a lampshade on her head... Oh, shit, I yes. <laughs> I'm serious. She did that. Oh, I thought, no. you know what? You're not setting such a good example. Maybe I need to change my perception how things go. <laughs> and so, so I, you know, I decided eh, I've done that enough. Time to just focus on yeah. other things. And so that's where I'm at. I mean, I, it's fine. I don't have anything against it. I just feel uh, I need to try to just stay pretty straight, especially with going through some of the, the things that I go through um, right. with, you know, the stuff. Uh, I feel strong. I feel like i got to be really strong at times. Yeah, you got to. Because I, yeah, I've, uh, I've had some pretty intense experiences mm-hmm. that were not pleasant, and I decided that I really have to um, maintain a strong front um, to keep uh, myself safe and my family safe. And so... It's better for me not to drink. And I, I'm pretty out there anyway without drinking. I don't need to drink. <laughs> oh, my. I, I understand. Just my daughters. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I we went to Canada My when my daughter came to visit us from Berkeley, and I dragged the two of them out to go dancing. And, you know, my, my oldest daughter, my husband was like, happy go. He's holding the remote as we're closing the door, you know. But right. um, I was dancing, and I'm off the dance floor. So, I mean, I, I can have fun just naturally. Right, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's society safer without me drinking. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. 
You were yeah, you were a it. wild girl, weren't you? Well, I, was, I just like to when I want to, you know, really. I love to dance. So, oh. and I come from a, like a theatrical family background. Oh, I, I had see. family. That's where and, it comes um, from. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, that's no. It, it's just it's just I had a lot of people entertained. That's why I'm sometimes like my grandpa. You were talking about your grandmother. My grandfather yes. was amazing, and he was so much fun, and he would be so entertaining and do all these crazy things. Like you know, he lived on the first floor, and if you were sitting in his apartment on the first floor, he would suddenly disappear, and you're like, "Where's grandpa?" And then you'd be, "Oh, he'll be back." And then you're watching the TV, which was in between these two windows, and then suddenly you would see this face looking into the window and what he would do is take a flashlight and put it under his chin and outside and scare you to death. Oh, I love him. (laughs) I love him already. Oh, he's fabulous. Oh, he I would love fabulous. Him. I mean, he'd be like, you know, people would be bored all of a sudden. He'd pull out a piece of wood from somewhere and start tap dancing. I mean, he is just so entertaining. So, you know, I grew up with that type of energy. That's, that's funny. Yeah, mo- most, yeah, he was great. Nowadays, you can't even scare kids. <laughs> You'll leave them just in some weird, uh, some weird traumatic place now for some odd reason. Yeah, well, yeah, kids, yeah, I guess. Kids scare easily nowadays. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It really uh, is. It really is. And and by the way, before we wrap up here, you also mm-hmm. offer some sort of free online uh, course. Let's talk a little oh, bit about that. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, it's actually a companion to the book, which I do include in the course in a PDF format, so it's free, um, so they can download it at this course. Uh, if you, if the listeners go to paranormal-personal-encounters.com, there is an explanation there about how to get into the course. Um, yeah, and you don't even have to give an email address. You don't, you don't have to provide any ID. You can make up any name you want when you register. I don't care. <laughs> you know, the only thing I say is, like, I do have, like, this cool certificate of achievement. If you want it, for, it's free in a PDF format. If you want that, that's the only time you would have to email me saying you want that. But um, other than that, they don't even have to put any kind of identity or anything. They can just make up a name at the sign-in place. They use the um, code that I provide at that website and um, you're good to go. Make up uh, your ID and uh, a password. And the only thing is make sure that you uh, write all that stuff down because since you're not using a email uh, and you lose it, there's no place for you to find out what it was. But if that happens, you can just sign up in a different name. Right. <laughs> you know, because and so the course basically it's a very simple short course. It's not intimidating or anything, but it's something that would be maybe of interest for somebody who's always wondered about what it was like to take an online course. Yeah. Um, and it's a very easy, silly type of a, uh, uh, this, like I throw in some silly kind of fun stuff, like each section, there's, um, nine modules. Uh, I throw in, say, for instance, um, a, a mystery question. Okay. So the mystery question. Mystery question. Which you, yeah, which USA president reported having encounters with an angelic being, with angelic beings during two life-threatening experiences? And then what I do is I say, to find the answer, please click here and look at number 21. And so then you go there, and lo and behold, the answer is Ronald Reagan. I was going to say Ronald Reagan, right? There you go. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he was that president. And so, um, and then since I do not uh, go into things about investigating and stuff for going outside to investigate, um, yeah. I know people are interested in that. So in a different section, I, I have, and each section I have resources available. And one of the resources is this organization called the Society for Psychical um, research. And they've been, they were established in 1882. And uh, they have a section under their research tab that is called Notes for Investigators. And then they give you a whole bunch of different types of investigations that have been done. And then they give you advice on how to conduct an investigation. And so since, you know, I can't tell people, oh, yeah, you do this and you go there, because I've never done that. Right. I thought, well, let me provide that for people. Then one other fun thing that I just want to tell you about, there's a place called, um, it's uh, the Willard Library, and they have a ghost uh, cam. It's called a ghost spotter. Ghost spotter. And, yeah, and it's this library mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, that has ghost cams put up all throughout the library, and you can go online there and actually go do a ghost hunting online because you can click on the camera that they have at the website and if you see something that you want to capture it will take the picture for you and then it will and then you can put your name and claim that this is you caught this ghost oh i see so I, yeah so i thought uh it's at uh, willard w i l l a r d dot l i b dot i n dot u s and I thought like something like that would be fun for somebody, you know, who's who's interested but might be scared <laughs> to go out and do something. They could do it in the safety of their home. Right. And and they have a whole bunch of information there and they show pictures that people have provo- have shared that they feel like they caught pictures of the ghosts and this and that. But um I have a couple of interviews there also. I have um, one interview with uh, about UFOs. I, I don't cover that in the book, uh, but so I thought I would include that as a special bonus. Nice. And yeah, and then of course I had to include an interview between my daughter and myself since we had mutual experiences, and Correct. I thought it would be right. You know, a nice idea to since we both had the experiences and we both could confirm what has happened. It's a good dynamic, mother and daughter. Yeah, exactly. So I included that. And, um, and so there's just all different modules, uh, about uh, near death experiences. It's, It's each of the chapter of the book basically was used to formulate each module because in the book, the first, uh, section, I, talk about near-death experiences. So the first module is about uh, near-death experiences, and I provide resources for people there. And uh, I also include an audio reading of the book. It is not, it's me, and it's not a professional audio reading. It probably sounds just like how I'm talking to you on the I got to hear that now. But I thought, oh, my God. So <laughs> I, thought, I thought, you know, for somebody who, does, who can't maybe. People like that, uh, though. They like, see, they like the realism yeah. of, of that, of, of you actually reading it. Yeah. So each module has a chapter of the book read. And then I include the book so they can see the pictures, 
too. And it's all for free. I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And uh, so there it is. Very cool. Yeah, Thank I, you. I think people will actually enjoy this greatly. Yeah, well, they get to a free copy of the book. It's a PDF, but they can download it. And, the, and they. I think, actually, you can see the pictures better online because of the light versus oh, yeah. the printed version. Yeah, you're probably in the right. Book. Mm-hmm. And then you can always, I, I always tell people, why don't you download it and use some kind of a program to enlarge it and you could, you know, adjust this, this brightness and contrast. Yeah, run it through Photoshop. Anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes I put pictures up on Twitter and people will be like, oh my God, I can see all these like skeletons. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they see things that I hadn't yeah. even seen and people then I'll look and I'm like, wow, you know, so, yeah. So the re- yeah, so this is the whole purpose of me doing this because I thought I I would I just want to share this stuff because this is stuff that's happened to me and I feel an obligation to to the spirits right. to, to to kind of stand up for them. Yeah, there's other uh, that, people like that too that's mm-hmm. gone through these things and of course they can't like we mentioned on the show uh, you you can't really just go around telling people hey uh, you know I. I I see ghosts coming into my room late at <laughs> yeah. night. You know, it's not a really good way to break the ice. <laughs> I can, you know, I, I I can't imagine you talking to other, you know, like mothers and during those days where you had to hang out with your PTA daughter's meeting. parents. Yeah, I'm sure you're like, hey, I'm JG Voss. I talk to spirits. I'm sure that's you're not going right. to go over well. I mean, I don't, I don't break oh, the ice. Yeah. yeah, I don't break the ice myself telling people, hey, I do a radio show. <laughs> uh, I'm on YouTube. I mean, come on. I know. Well, you know what? You got to be true to yourself. That's it. I know that I have all kinds of different things said to me, and it's fine. I mean, everybody has a right to their opinion. Of course. That's it. Of course. I'm glad though that you're 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 down to earth and and you're not some pretentious person at all. Oh well, thank you. Well, not that I thought I you appreciate were. Appreciate it, and you too, you too, you too, Michael. I, I try to be I as appreciate it. Yeah, I try to be as realistic as possible. Even though you know there are times I I get out of hand and I say this or that, uh, but you know well, it's all it's all for fun. And you're human. What? <laughs> That's it. That was my Everybody... cover though. That that was my cover just for fun. <laughs> Sure, it's just for fun. Yeah, right. Sure. I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah. But I I, no. I, I do want to thank you so much for being a part of the program. I don't want to take up too much of your time here. Well, I appreciate speaking with you, and thank you for the invitation. Um, and it was real. Uh, it was fun speaking with you, and I I really do appreciate you sharing your stories too. Because oh, thank you. thank you so much. Yeah. It was it was it was a fun time, and I'm glad we. Got to do this interview here, and uh, you, you know we we shared stories, and I hope lots of people out there listening got something out of this, which which I'm sure they did. Uh, lots of mm-hmm. folks out there that call into this program always want me to talk more about the paranormal, so I'm sure oh, they yeah I'm okay. sure they'll enjoy this one. Well, I I hope they do, and I and I hope it helps somebody who might be too afraid to speak out because it's not healthy. To it isn't. You know, yeah. keep it inside. It's really not, and 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 you're handing over the power to maybe something that you shouldn't be handing your power over to because you're afraid. Right. So better to stand up and just face the reality of what's happening, and because it's real. And I agree. So thank you once again for being a part of the program. And oh yeah, I forgot to say, quickly plug your website or 
Anything else you'd like to? Oh, okay. Well, the book is called Paranormal by J.G. Voss. Um, you can see a lot of the pictures at the Twitter account at ParanormalJG. And the course uh, information is at paranormal-personal-encounters.com. That's it, and thank you. Yes, thank you so much, and and I'll touch base with you again in the very, very near future. Okay, Michael. Congratulations again Uh, on your success. Thank you so much. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ah, yes, folks, that was J.G. Voss. Great guest, and, of course, if you are listening to this on a replay, keep in mind... You can listen every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That would be 11 p.m. Eastern Time on the TuneIn Radio app. If you enjoy this program and want to help keep funding the program and expanding it to new horizons, go to michaeldeacon.com and donate a few dollars. I would profoundly appreciate it. This program completely depends on its listeners. That means you sitting there. Be a friend and share the show. I do return this Saturday night with Mr. Michael Horn. That's going to be fun. And, of course, I will be drinking that episode. And I do invite all of you out there to do the same. It's going to be a good time. I'm Michael Deacon. Thank you for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Sherry. Right in the car now. I'm not that way. I'm a Christian. I'm out of that. You mentioned the Illuminati, and we won't go into it behind that, but the Illuminati certainly is part of the whole thing. But the top members of the Illuminati are open worshippers. I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were giving me like bullshit. They like, can just see it. It's clear. <laughs> How appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holden right now. It's crazy. I had no idea this shit existed before 726. Oh, Grammy. I'm not a Grammy. I'm a dude real. A lot of good content. A lot of, a lot of cool topics. You know, I, yeah, I feel, you know, fortunate to have an opportunity. Speaking of really, 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 you know, Yeah, Mr. Rusev. That's him. I like that, man. It's the simplest shit. You go in there, you see the butt and then you say, you know, you don't pick up your fucking book. Don't pick up your book. You know, you can die about midnight. That's what I want. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you that you don't want to have to have the most incredibly well-rounded show. Introducing the greatest tag team on the radio. Guess what, motherfuckers? You were you were a headline guy, I'm and still then a headline guy. You know what I you, mean. For a while you popped out. Now you're coming back. For I a while, back. for a while it's you were actually you, you, know were running, I mean? you were running a gym. Tell us about that. Running a gym. weren't you running you a gym at some point? Supposed to be a news guy. <laughs> That's our research. You aren't. You aren't. Ridiculous. I come on CNN, and the guy don't even know what he's talking about. Go ahead. You at no point were you running a gym? Um, no, no, running a gym. What, no, you, you need didn't a take a time out. Jesus fucking Christ with these guys. I come on the news for two seconds and, and you want to say, every All time right. I do an interview, a guy wants to open his fucking mouth. Can't All right, even Andrew, do a little thank fucking you very much. Here. We thought that you, you could know, pull go back. fuck yourself. You know what? All fuck right. Fuck the whole fucking network. We'll go back to uh, talking about Art Carney.